Oh, hello, weary travelers. Come on in. It looks like the bod is about to begin. I'll pour the ales over the stories, fables, and tales about the bards, battle axes, and bows taking out their ferocious foes. Just take a listen to the tales that we spin here at the Carriage Rest Inn. Previously on Carriage Rest Tales, our adventurers tried their hand at sneaking out for a little late-night fun. Bonnie shocked the group with her bobby-pin lock-picking skills and freed the party out of the gates. Once they entered the bustling Heaven's Cloud Brewery, Wallace found his fair trunk maiden. Bonnie and Woods decided white ears and tequila are on the menu after a brief run-in with the Master of the Forge and artificer Damien Longmane. In typical bard fashion, Gnomus embarrasses his big-eared buddy with his rendition of Great Balls of Fire. The crowd erupts in applause, however, Benson, who seemed to be working at the brewery, was not too keen on the performance, or for the recruits for sneaking out. After a full night of laps in the quad, our adventurers are exhausted and not looking forward to another day of patrols ahead. Welcome to another episode of Carriage Rest Tales. I am your host and one of your dungeon masters, Mike, and to my left we have... Hey everyone, this is Ryan. I'll be playing Gnomus, the tabaxi bard. Hello, this is Nick. I'll be playing Basso, the half-orc. Hey guys, it's Sam. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm going to be playing Woods, and she's an elven ranger. Greetings. I am John. I am the other DM and voice of many NPCs. <laughs> and I'm just doing a weird voice because I feel like it. Also I, the voice that will haunt us in our dreams. I pictured you at first being like Monty Burns, like in a big like tall back chair, like I quickly just turned to like Dracula. I don't know. Mr. Burns, but weirder. I got like Adam Sandler in Transylvania. Ooh. That's, that's exactly what you yes. sound like. So last we left off, I had told you you guys are all going to have one level of exhaustion. And what that means is you have disadvantage on all of your ability checks for today. I printed off a little card so that you can remember. But I also have some other goodies for you guys um, to help us track things. And that is, Ryan, you have Bardic Inspiration. How many do you actually uh, get to use? Uh, Why? Say all of them. Well, no, like how many does your... (laughs) It's your Charisma modifier. Yeah, I think it's three. Three? Okay. Trying to get me to lie. Not not lie, just <laughs> fabricate the fabrication. So I'm giving you I'm a, being recorded. Giving you an eraser <laughs> with a little thumbtack so you can know how many you've given out. And I also printed you off some cards that you can hand the players when you give them Bardic Inspiration <gasps> so that, you know, they remember they have it. <laughs> Guys, we have and the it best says, DM. It says, drop me a beat, no miss. Drop me a beat. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. It's going to be sick. When I give you Bardic Inspiration, you can see it. Uh, And then, Nick, how many rages do you get? Uh, Right now, I believe I get two. So I'm going to also give you an eraser that's got two thumbtacks in it. Plus, when his drink is empty, he gets raged. As an available (laughs) versus a used. But Nick is also going to get something else. (gasps) Lucky. I realized when I was editing the episodes that Nick did an awesome job last session when you guys picked the lock and you went to leave, and Nick role played out like, Bonnie, will you relock the door so that, mm-hmm. you know, civilians don't just come into the base? So I'm giving Nick inspiration for uh, remembering to do that. Can we, first of all, can we give you inspiration for remembering to give inspiration? I just give myself inspiration when I want it. Wow. <laughs> and with that inspiration, you need to give us inspiration. Yeah. What do you got? No. What's so fair for me? 
There's not. It's just empty cards right now that I need to fill out when you guys get them. You don't have an eraser where I can track my arrows? Not yet. <laughs> so I have nothing? <laughs> no, you, not yet. Golly. You get, the joy of, you get the joy of that wonderful story. Oh. Maybe okay. you don't need to track your arrows. Oh. She definitely needs to track her arrows. Yeah. There's one in Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I pulled that out. So with that said, you guys log off to the bed and get some shut-eye. You only have about two hours before you're supposed to report back for duty. And you get greeted by the horns greeting the sun. And we are ready to begin our adventure. Um, Woods is very sleepy um, and a little hungover. but So she is drinking some highly caffeinated masala tea. And she's got it in like a to-go cup. You have to-go cups in your dorm? Uh, yeah. I had a dream about mufflers last night. Mufflers? Because now I'm exhausted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's a, like, Woods just looks over like, what, I don't, what's a muffler? I'll tell you later. Okay. And she's just like sipping her tea. Basso, um, he gets like a big bowl of water and just chugs it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because he's, yeah, he's hungover, he's tired, <gasps> he needs water. He just, and like it. Like half of it's like missing, going down his body and like missing. I'm playing very lightly on my liar because I admittedly have a headache from being exhausted. From, from being the exhausted. Adult beverages. I didn't have any. He did not. Because he oh, went yeah. to go perform. That's right. You're up on stage. Some of us me. were doing our jobs. <laughs> yep. Some of us were. Some of us weren't. <laughs> it's just weren't. like punches Vaso in the arm. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't have gotten caught if it wasn't for me. So. That I is also job. true. Yeah. I did my job. Maybe we could practice being conspicuous. Look, I was born to play, and there was a stage, and my buddy had his girl there. Everything fell into place. Oh, my gosh. Let's just go. Can't, can't, wasn't can't, supposed can't to really be blame him for that. I mean, yeah. Can't blame me. I'm not, yeah, I look mean, at I'm these not, eyes. I would never blame the two of you. And these long whiskers. Let's, all right, Casanova, let's go. As you guys are walking down the stairs. Casanova. Catanova. <laughs> as you get downstairs and you start getting into the cafeteria atrium room, you start hearing an argument before you even hit the floor. And the argument you can pick up from the voices is from Amelia, the pilot, and then the new person you had interacted with the night before, Damien Longmane, the artificer. Damien, when you turn the corner, is kind of looking kind of happy. He had a fun night, but Amelia is very upset with him. And she's just like, ah, Damien, I can't believe you changed my plane. What were you thinking? That is my property. I have it set up just the way I like it. And you just went in there and changed it while I was out. I cannot believe you did that. And he's like, mm-hmm, yeah, it's, uh, it's so much better now. And that's they're just bickering back and forth to each other. Amelia's pretty upset. Damien is not. He's just having fun with it. Um, Woods is going to like elbow whoever she's standing next to. I guess that would be Is that possible. the guy from... The bar last night? I think. Yeah. yeah um, so Bonnie and I were uh, talking to him. She, he, I guess he's like kind of a big deal. Do you guys like know who he is? I th- would I know he's the artificer? Like I know him by name. Yeah. I know Damien by, you know. Yeah, you guys know him by name. You would have seen the centaur around, but not really had a chance to really talk with him. Thinking back to your first couple of weeks, I remember you had a um, an encounter with the Denoa and Benson had used like a box Mm-hmm. To create a rift. That's right. He made you know. the box? Yep, he made the box. Oh, okay, gotcha. He's also, you would know, responsible for pretty much a lot of the technology that's been going on throughout recent history for the Order. Okay. So such as like Benson's ability to use phase rounds to go in and out of Dorma, he created those. 
And you're kind of getting the sense from this argument that he's been tinkering with Amelia's airship and she's okay. not too happy about it because he just, you get the sense that he just did it. <laughs> mm. I'm kind of curious what he did. Vasa is just going to go and get some breakfast. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't really, he's, yeah. not, he's not really paying attention. Like the, the argument giving him a headache and he's just like, I just need food in my belly right now. What's just going to follow her friend? Uh, no, miss, you had suggested you were interested in what he had changed. So you kind of eavesdrop a little bit more. <laughs> it doesn't quite make sense to you, but he's like, he, he inverted the yoke. He added condensers to the thrust capacitor and he, he, he adjusted my seat. I cannot believe he did this. I had it just how I wanted it. And then she storms off. <laughs> okay. Snap. But she's also a gnome. So she's not really going that fast if you want to catch her. Oh, no, I'm, I'm good at this point. Okay, Vasa, you said you went to get breakfast, right? Yeah. All right, so as you are getting into the line to get breakfast, uh, you're greeted by Carmine, and he looks at you and says, well, you look like you've seen better days. Like, yeah, yes, yes, I Had yourself a good night last night? Yeah, it was was fine. I know that look. I know know the look of a hangover when I see one. Look, I got the... Liz, let me make you a special batch of eggs. They'll uh, fix you right up. I'd appreciate that. You got it. And he kind of goes in back and like, there's a big tray of eggs like out and he was re- like, that were just ready to be taken. That is now sitting right in front of you, like behind a glass <laughs> pane. <laughs> and it's probably looking very good, but he, you see him in the back with like a frying pan making you like, it looks like whatever he's doing looks like slightly more involved than just making basic eggs. You see him like separating the whites out from the yolks and the egg. And he comes over to you with an omelet that's got, like, basically a poached egg on top of it. He says, this will fix you right up. Awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it. You got it. Remember, Carmine's here for you people. I got it. I'll take care of y'all. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you very much. Carmen, do I have those? Do I get special eggs? You want a, you want a special eggs? Yeah, but can I, can I have, like, whites? I just need, like, the high-protein, low-fat. That's not, that's not really how the special eggs work. Oh, Okay, Look, then just the, let me, the special eggs. You want the special eggs or you don't want the special eggs? I can make you gag whites if you want, but they're not the special eggs. No, I want to try the special eggs. All right. Yeah, let me let me make you the special eggs. Can I have some special eggs too, Carmine? You got it. With and some, like, he goes whole back milk. and he's fixing today. them all. What, what'd you say? I said with some whole milk. Whole no, milk. Not 2% today. <laughs> she like she nudges Nomis and she's like, you don't, you don't alter. There's no there's no substitutions in the special eggs. I don't know if you No, I meant like just milk on the side. Oh, no. Okay. Like okay. a glass of milk. Yeah. Okay. I got yelled at. I he heard. Back <laughs> <and> <laughs> you, he's like the soup kitchen guy in Seinfeld. <laughs> no eggs for you. Yeah. All right. He comes back with two two plates of special eggs, and the three of you all have plates of special eggs. Well, this is riveting D&D, guys. This is what the listeners want. I in 20 minutes, my, my all they've talked about eggs. <laughs> I actually, I'm so, I haven't rolled a die in a while, so... I just I fig I figured I should roll a die. I love it. Those are pretty good eggs. All right, we are. They're we like feel... on a scale of one to twenty. They're like a twelve. All right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we on a scale of one to twenty <laughs> above average eggs. That's fantastic. But we're hungover, uh, yeah. so it, we it love It helps them. a little bit though. Like it helps the hangover a little. But unfortunately, you're not able to finish all of them because as you're kind of finishing your breakfast, Benson is behind you guys. Yeah. So Benson says. Uh, Time to head out on patrol. Long day ahead for you, recruits. We're, we're ready, Benson. Yeah, feel great. Feel great. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Our first stop this morning is the Middletown Bazaar. 
All right. All I right, just the smells are going to be great today <laughs> for us. So you guys know, and you kind of got a glimpse of the Middletown Bazaar or Middletown last night when you escaped out the side door. But the Middletown is for the locals area. But in your particular situation, you're going to be going through the bazaar, which is think like an open air trade market, but they have a bunch of tents set up. Uh, Woods is pumped. Like this is her. This is the things she likes. Do a little shopping. We're going to have a couple snacks. She's jazzed. I, I don't think Vincent's going to let us do that today. I don't. It's fine. We're just we're on patrol. How am I supposed to get to know the people without interacting? I thought you meant you're going to go out shopping and yeah, you know, I'm going to interact snack. with the people. Okay, that are selling the goods. We have to get to know them, right? Yeah, Benson might be a party pooper today, so I don't be prepared for that. Uh, it's fine. We're gonna be, it'll be good. Come on, he's guys. actually like ahead of you guys, and he's giving you a little bit of distance this morning. Like you're you're talking amongst yourselves, and he's out of earshot but he's he's close enough that you're still following him so yeah. what so what is what's looking for oh my gosh what isn't she looking for so i think um some tea a number one she's gonna try to see if there's any new tea flavors out there uh her snacks that are probably drying low so like dried nuts cr- dried fruit uh maybe some like beef leather for sure um some what Beef? beef beef leather or yeah, beef, beef leather. leather what is beef leather like like jerky okay. like dried beef like leather like meat I've leather never heard of well, beef leather you know beef well, leather like, like a pork leather <laughs> first of all y'all have never grown up in the medieval times beef I don't leathers. think any of us have grown <laughs> up in the medieval yeah, times no, we didn't. well what's have and you just don't know beef beef leather. <laughs> 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 it's all the rage all the all the fit people are eating it. Nomis is just gonna you go find that beef leather. I'm and, on the uh, hunt. I'm gonna play my Loxodon song that we heard yesterday out on patrol. Remember we saw like yep. the festival. The, I was like the yeah yeah. The like first that. note you play, Benson turns around and says, "Put that away, Nomis. I think you've done enough performing for the week." But you said this was my identity, and I should always have it with me. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> Tell you you what, to- you, we we get into a dangerous situation, then do it. But it's uh, it's not a day for performing in the street today. I was just trying to make everyone happy, but and I'm gonna put it away and give him like sad eyes and okay tail between my legs. He looks at you and he like you see in his eyes like he might be second guessing his decision to tell you to put that away, but he's not. Damn he's it. not gonna actually take like step back on it. He's just scolding you for the night before again. <laughs> Oh, I understand, but I was just, you know, that's who I am. I play music. Mm-hmm. Woods is going to give him, like, a little pat and kind of rub on the back, like, it's all right, man. Like, doesn't really say anything, but just Can you get my left ear while you're there? Yeah, absolutely. Just, all right. <laughs> Good kitty. <laughs> Basta's just standing there, like, he's fighting the hangover. Like, he kind of sees that interaction, but he's just sitting there just trying to breathe the fresh air. <laughs> Are you all right, bud? <laughs> Are you going to make it? Yeah, I'll be all right. I Maybe just, some of Woods' I, beef leather yeah, is what you had in. Guys, yes, okay. I, I could take some you, of that. You knock it until you try. We're going to go find a beef leather no, I'm, hut. I'm good. <laughs> beef leather yeah. Beef leather hut. We, c- Betsy's is, is, beef is, is leather? Is it still in a hut? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Betsy's beef leather hut? You guys have to try it. It's is fantastic. it stuffed crust, too? <laughs> It's delicious. 
I bet it is. So you guys are getting around, kind of meeting people, and we are going to have Nick, or Vaso. He needs to roll a d20 and a d12 for our random encounter. This is going to happen in the first part of the day, because I already have something for the second heart. So you just need the d20 and d12. Okay. Okay, so the d20 is an 8. All right, so you have a scenic thing. Yeah, and the d12 is a 7. All right, so you are going to engage with the public in some way. Betsy's beef leather. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy's beef leather? No, it's not my thing. It's his, isn't it? Yeah, it's Nick's thing. Well, Vasa really needs some additional protein, so don't, we're, we're going to find some. to the beef some, leather. Yeah, we're going to find some beef leather. Yes. Do you need me? Are you, do you want me to carry you? How are you feeling? I just, I just need something to eat. Yeah, but you're not going to be disappointed in beef leather. Okay. Let's 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 go find it. Yes. V- Vacho's like I, I don't care. Just just find it. <laughs> There's like teriyaki flavor, salt and pepper, or whatever. Just just find it. Salt and What's teriyaki? About <sighs> 15 minutes after you guys are having your conversation about beef leather, you pass by a storefront with a sign hanging out front that says Betsy's Beef Leather. And other fine products. Here it is. Well, I'm interested in the fine products. I don't know about this beef leather. We're going in. She's like bustles through the door. Hey, Betsy. Does Benson know we're coming in here? I'm not Betsy. I'm her sister, Betty. Oh, welcome to Betsy's beef leather all the same. Hey, hey, Betty. Sorry, you guys kind of look alike. I think it's. We get that a lot. But if it's because the sign, the picture on the sign, that's actually me. Oh. I did the modeling for that picture, and my sister Betsy, she stole my image without giving me proper credit. But you know, it's fine. We made up. It's 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 in the past. It's water under the bridge. What can I get for you? Oh my gosh! I well, first of all, uh, this is my buddy Vaso, and he wants to try all the beef lovers. Like, so can we just like? Can you get us like the platter, like the number ten? One number ten, full size banana boat sampler coming right up. Awesome, thank you. And then I'm gonna get some stuff later to go, but we're gonna we're gonna eat this here. You got it. No, miss, you decided not to go into the beef Betsy's beef leather. What are you doing outside? I assume I was still following Benson on patrol. So he's just leaving leaving the party behind and kind of just walking away. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no miss. Party. Uh, Benson turns around because he's been ahead of you guys the whole time and suddenly sees that you're two party members short. And he walks back over to you and he says, where are your squad mates? Uh, they were talking about something called beef leather. And I think they oh, went did- into that store. I Oh, Betsy's is near here. I might have to make a stop. So you know about this beef leather too? Oh yeah, it's fantastic. What what is it? It's like it's like a dried strip of beef. And that's appetizing how? Well, it's you know, if you're given the chance between a dried piece of meat and a fresh piece of meat, you probably take the fresh piece of meat, but when you're out far from civilization and you're having a hard day, it's nice to bite on a piece of beef leather sometimes. Do they have like Fish leather? Mm, Betsy does carry a wide variety. You might find something like that there. Oh, all right. Hey, are you, are you l- listen, going in? No, miss. I'm, I wanted to talk to you. Uh, I'm sorry about earlier. I know you You didn't do a lot of drinking last night with them, and I appreciate you keeping your head, but you did get up on stage and make a spectacle of yourself. And Well, I want to encourage you to, to use your performative spirit. There's just There's a time and a place... And we as members of the Order need to be especially cognizant of time and place. You understand what I'm saying? 
I understand. I, I think, you know, just given everything that I went through recently, I was, you know, thought I was doing my part to build morale and unite party A and party B. And in, in the moment, Listen, it was uh, a good decision, but I, I can see where you're coming from. Listen, you, you broke the rules last night, and that's, I have to, you know, punish you for that. You have to learn not to break the rules of the order. We have rules for a reason. But I I understand the spirit of what you were doing. Tell me, who whose idea was it to sneak out last night? Uh, you know, it it was kind of mine and Wallace's. Yours and Wallace's. Did did you come to Wallace with the idea or did he come to you? Uh, I mean, I overheard him talking about meeting his wanting to meet his friend somewhere and I was on board. It was a chance to, you know, get out, perform and See the city. I see. All right. Well, thanks for telling me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do anything with that information. I just wanted to know what the circumstances were last night. I got you. All right. Let's go find your your squad mates. So, am I still banned from playing my liar on the street? Just remember what I told you. Time and place. Got it. I give him a wink, and I start to pull out my liar. <laughs> <laughs> as soon just as joking. you wink, he just, just got, you, you see him do like a like a slow blink, like. I swear to God, you're going to make me regret this. <laughs> <laughs> and then we will switch scenes back into Betsy's beef leather. And other fine products. And other fine products. Including fruit leather. <laughs> Including fruit leather. <laughs> and maybe fish leather. Fish leather. <laughs> so what do you th- what do you like the best? The teriyaki or the salt and vinegar? I like them all. You like, I knew you'd, I knew you'd, I like them all. My favorite's the sriracha. Oh, that is so good. It's spicy, it's spicy. Yeah. Um, excuse me? Excuse me? Uh, uh, Betsy? Yes, can I, I, I'm Betty, not Betty, Betsy. I'm, I'm sorry, Betty. Um, I'm here to pick up my uh, my seeds. Oh, yes, yes. Right, I have those right over here. Let me get those for you. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Did you try the fruit leather yet? The no. man- mango's really good. I'll try it here. This is this is making me uh, this this is this salmon leather. This one I'm not sure about. I'll try it. You want to try it? Yeah. What do you think? At that moment, Nomis floats through the door like a cartoon cat on the smell wave. <laughs> that was like a pigeon. <laughs> uh, hey, buddy, come here. Come here. Try, try this salmon leather. Can we call it something else? What? You want to call it a salmon stick? I like salmon stick. But it's like, like, a, like a fish stick? <gasps> no, fish stick. You're onto something. I don't know who stick. just said that, but. <laughs> fish stick. Like a fish stick? Yeah. <laughs> No, because it's not a stick. It's like a flat. Look, just wait. Try it. I'll try the fish. Try the salmon. Okay. I think there's a. Is there? Is this trout? I think this might be trout. Oh, I like salmon. I'll stick with the salmon. Okay. Oh, I wow. eat the salmon leather. leather. <laughs> Sounds so weird. Kind of gnawing it for a while. Uh, <laughs> it's not very good. <laughs> I make that face when a cat smells something really bad. They like crunch their nose up. Yeah. <laughs> On a scale of one to twenty, it's like a four. <laughs> This is really good, Woods. I've never Excuse had, me. She's going to take a bite. i got to run outside. She's going to take a bite of the salmon and ah, ugh, No, no, no. I'll just, I'll stick with the teriyaki beef. As you're outside, you see a little girl. She's a dwarf and she is kind of carrying and struggling a large bag of seeds that she's obviously taking someplace. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of brushes by you as she's walking out into the rest of the bazaar. Okay. Time out. The last time I played a cat character yep. and he approached a little kid, <laughs> I never got the end of it. Yes. I did not. Yes. We need to do that again. So 
with that in are you, mind. Are you going to offer this one uh, yes. money also? No, no. I had a reason for that. <laughs> they just lost the farm. They just lost the farm. Oh. I was trying to be helpful. Y'all accused me of having a white van. <laughs> I was trying to do a good thing. Oh my gosh, for those of you not listening, please, please, please go on our website under bonus content and listen to our 13 episode <laughs> Scarlet Ash campaign and you will hear all of the amazing things we are talking about. So with that said, Nomis is going to approach <laughs> being a quarter of the light. Yep. It's like, excuse me, I am Nomis, a member of the Order of Light. Can I help you carry that bag of seeds somewhere? Oh, that would be That'd be great. Okay. I need to I need to bring it back home for my mother. She's okay. a, she's expecting it. Okay. I'm I'm happy to help you. Okay. What's what's your name? My name's Bella. Bella. Um and as you look at Bella, you'll notice that she is a, a dwarf, but she also has some feathers, kind of like splotchy spots on her arms and legs. You know, like uh instead of like a birthmark, it's gonna be like a, a, a few feathers. And okay. are you Yes, if you don't mind carrying this for me, it's a little heavy, um, but I, I'm, I can manage if you are busy, sir. No, not at all. I'm I'm happy to help. Okay. She lives kind of far away, but not too far. That especially when you look at your party in there. Even Benson at this point is having his go at beef leather. Yeah. <laughs> so you have time, and you just help Bella carry these seeds back to her home. Okay. What type of seeds am I carrying, oh. Bella? What are these for? Um, they're for eating. Okay. And then when you get home or get to Bella's home, her mother is currently working on a tapestry. So she's sitting outside, kind of outside the front door, got her loom up, and she's working through a tapestry. And it's a tapestry of all the different various gods of uh, Ivana. And what you'll notice is her mother is uh, Aarakroka, which is a bird person. Okay. Oh, you got my seeds. Thank you. This makes sense to Nomis now. Yeah, I was, you know, hi, my name's Nomis. I'm a... Member of the Order of the Light. Yes, yes, I saw see, your daughter I see your, Bella, and I see your recruit. Her. Yeah. You know. How long have you been with the Order? Uh, about two months. Oh, you're doing okay, and you're on patrols already. Yes, must yeah. be pretty good. I, I I'd like to you, think so. We have a good leader. Yeah, I see. He lets you just walk around. That's really impressive. Yeah, we. I got some trust with with my leader. We're we're good. Great. Um, is there anything I can get for you, or? No, I was just saw water or anything. No, I'm good. I just saw Bella here carrying the sack of seeds and wanted to help. Oh, what a nice young man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again. Oh, you're welcome. Can I ask about the tapestry while I'm in here? I'm just making a tapestry. Um, I like to, well, not like, I'm driven to create things. I don't always know who for, but I just create. Who are the people in the tapestry? Oh, the, you, yeah, you probably know these. These are all the various gods of um, our lovely world, Ivana. And then she'll go through and um, kind of talk about all the gods. And the big one that everyone knows is the god of creation, or also known as the harbinger of creation. But then she'll also go into, well, on the other side, you have the god of destruction, for example. And then, okay, over here is the god of the sky. And then, of course, on the other side of that, you have the goddess of the storm. And she kind of goes through all the various gods in the world about the light gods and the dark gods. One of them that you do, I don't know if you'd pick it up. Um, go ahead and roll a history check. Yeah, I was seeing if she was going to mention Valdana. Yep. That's what I named but it. Go ahead and roll it with disadvantage because you have exhaustion. exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm rolling. I'm surprised you're able to carry those seeds. 
with how exhausted you were. I might have so another exhausted. level of exhaustion he here. He was actually carrying it with the girl. Oh my God. <laughs> Double handing it. That's funny. Uh, five and an 18. So five plus your history modifier. Which is zero. <laughs> you would still see, just because of your backstory, the goddess Valdana, which is the goddess of the forest. She's also kind of known as the fae goddess. And you do see that sitting across from her, like in the picture, there is a dark god that is oppose her, but you're not sure who that is. Can I ask if she knows these two? Uh, Bella's mom? Yeah. We got Veldana, um, and then Dina is uh, the god of fire. Well, that's interesting. Who, who would I go to to learn more about these? About the gods? Yeah. I would imagine at the Order of Light, you could maybe... Talk to the librarian. It's a good idea. I've been on patrol so much, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Glad I ran into you. <laughs> no, Miss is so busy jamming out. Jamming out. <laughs> I've been dabbling in this thing called like Loxodon Death Metal. It's going to be the new rage. The new rage. Literally, yeah. All right. Uh, I guess I'll thank Bella's mom and look at Bella's and see you around and Teresa. Tip Bella's, my hat. Bella's mom's name, yeah. Teresa. <laughs> no, not yet. I guess I could make it, Teresa. No, <laughs> um, and I exit. So while Nomis was doing that errand, which we'll say it was probably about 20 minutes to walk there, have the interaction, look at the tapestry and all that stuff, and then walk back. What is the second half of the party doing? I mean, well, we're eating like all the beef leather. Yeah. And can we explore these other fine gifts? Yeah. What, what are uh, these other fine products that are in this place? Uh, there's like uh, an assortment of jams on Ooh. the shelf. Uh, you see uh, some fancy like gift boxes that look like they could hold a bunch of different things. But m- it seems like this is the kind of place you go to get like gift food for people. Okay, like gourmet baskets and things like that. Kinda, yeah. But there, it's not just food. There's also little like trinkets uh, of all different shapes and sizes and kinds like there's little i i'm trying to think of what like the medieval equivalent of a bottle opener would be um a rock it, yeah it, they're, they're <laughs> almost like souvenir style gifts okay so vaso is gonna get like a couple jars of jam maybe like a little travel package of the beef leather and um he he plans on sending it home to his father That's just to, you know you're getting this for your dad? That's so that's that's so sweet. Oh. Yeah. I'm gonna use one of those gift boxes to put it in. Wood gets like quiet and like walks to like a corner of the room and like picks something up and realizes she doesn't really have anyone to send anything to. But then she remembers about her friend, Bonnie. So she's gonna pick out something really sweet to give Bonnie. Probably some beef leather. <laughs> <laughs> and some jam. Maybe she could Dip the jam. Oh, dip. Is it beef jam? It is absolutely beef flavored jam. (laughs) Bacon jam. Bacon jam. Done. While you guys are browsing for your gifts, uh, Betty goes back over to your table and picks up the platter that you pretty much cleaned off, except for there's still a pile of little salmon here. And she says, weren't a fan of the salmon, huh? Uh, Yeah, no. No. Everything else was great. And she like gets a whiff of it and she leans in and she's like, Oh, I think this might be this might be bad. I'm I'm so sorry. Let me 
Let me get you a fresh package of this. Bring it bring it to your friend. I'm sure he'll like it. It's very popular with the tabaxi. Oh, I don't I don't necessarily know if that's thank you so much. No, he just I don't think he's a leather kind of a guy. I don't I Well, just, uh... it's on the house, but really, I insist. I okay. I can't apologize enough. I, I can't believe I served you something that wasn't good. It's a, okay. Well, is Benson did Benson come in? Uh yeah, yeah, Benson came in a while ago and he he, he was partaking in the leather sampling with you guys because oh. he got there like basically as Nomis walked back out he walked in okay uh can woods talk to him sure uh hey chief um i feel like uh i feel like we should apologize for last night i know um probably wasn't the smartest thing for us to do so it was just kind of unfortunate that you were there and you saw us there that was a creative apro- apology, Woods. Wow. Uh, listen, I I talked to Nomis about it already a little bit. He told me whose idea it was and, and where things started. And I, I understand the spirit of what y'all were doing. It it Really, I, I don't really have a problem with that. It's just a simple fact that you broke the rules. You had a curfew. You were yeah. supposed to stay at, uh, in the barracks. And you broke out. I'm not saying I blame you for doing what you're doing or even that it was particularly wrong, except for the fact you weren't supposed to be doing it. Yeah. Well, we thought a lot about that when we were running and running and running. So I have a strong suspicion we won't be doing that anymore. Or at least you won't let me catch you. And he gives you like a wink. (laughs) (laughs) Your words, not mine. Um, So do you... Is that the only pub you frequent, or do, are there others that you enjoy inhabiting? He kind of clams up at that moment, and you know it, it's a noticeable shift in his energy. And he's like, "No, I, uh, I, I, I'm only there a couple nights a week." Is it like a permanent schedule kind of a thing, or like rotating, or just random? I just I help out. Go okay. ahead and roll a perception check. Ooh. You're at disadvantage because oh, of your yeah. exhaustion. All right. Well, I got a 16. Uh, Vasso, you can roll this as well. Uh, Vasso is just five. Eating, so he's not paying attention at all. Not really Perfect. paying attention. He's picking, out his, <laughs> he's picking out his beef leather. I have a five. Um, you're kind of on your way back now. So you can go ahead and roll a perception check as well with disadvantage, obviously. 15. 15. Okay. So you're definitely starting to notice that the um, streets are a little bit more louder. You're not quite sure why, but you definitely start seeing that some of the citizens are went from walking to maybe running. Can I look to what direction they're running towards? Like They're running towards you. They're running towards me. Can I stop one and try to find someone's like, hey, what's what's going on? Uh, so someone, some, someone said a Danoa. Danoa. Okay. And uh, I want to bust out my lyre and start playing it really loudly <laughs> to try to signal people. And then, well, how far away am I from the leather store? I'd say at this store? point you're probably like 200 feet away from the leather store. Okay. Okay, I'm going to play my lyre really loud while running towards the leather store. Do we, do we hear this bustling? Um, with your guys' really low rolls, you do not. Okay. Benson perks up, though, and he says, uh, this is while you're talking to him, Woods, and yeah. So I mean, does... I'm just saying, like, I don't know when your schedule is. No, or if it was... listen, listen. What? what? You hear that? Uh, is it rain? What is that? Sounds like, sounds like Nomis. Uh, yeah, no, I do hear it. 
Is it and speed he gets metal? up and he just he goes outside and presumably it's getting, it's can getting see louder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We definitely follow and I like grab whatchamacallit and yell back to Betty or we're coming back. Yeah, uh, Benson has definitely picked up on some bad energy here, so he's yeah. I'm he's running. got his game pass face on all of a sudden. I'm running, playing louder, harder. Benson, Benson, <laughs> no, <laughs> what's going on? Someone said they spotted a Danoa and I. I think we need to go check it out, but I, I didn't want to do it alone. All right, recruits, get it together. We got ourselves a real mission. Alas, the bod is needing a break. So I, your humble innkeeper, shall give a few announcements. Hey guys, it's Sam. I just wanted to take a quick moment and thank you so much for listening. If you hadn't had the opportunity yet, we really strongly encourage you to check out our website at caradresstales.com. You'll find links there for our Discord and our Instagram. Go ahead and follow us at at caradresstalesdnd. This is where we post a lot of funny in-studio videos and um, photos of us here. Thank you so, so much for following along on this journey. I cannot believe we're already knee-deep in season two. Again, we really appreciate that you can do anything with your time and you're choosing to spend it with us. I hope you enjoy the show. Great. It appears the bard is back and ready to continue his tale. You start to now smell a little bit of smoke in the air also. From the beef leather. <laughs> She's on, burning it. She's on fire. And then you start seeing smoke going off in the distance. It's about, at this point, probably two blocks away from where you guys are at. And the crowds are now full on, like, vacating that area. What do you do? Um, Woods is repeating to herself, close the riff, kill the Danoa, save the people. Close the riff, kill the Danoa, save the people. Close the riff, dude. Till like she like just like in her head and actually out loud, like this is what we need to do. We need to close the rift. And then the four of you start, I guess, running against the grain of the people, I assume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right. Yep. Before you get to the fire, the smell of smoke is filling the air. You're getting close, but before you're around the next corner, you see a middle-aged man running from around the corner in a panic. He makes eye contact with you and tries to turn to run towards you. Then he's immediately tackled by what looks like a like a smoking Komodo dragon, which is a Denoa has entered the battlefield. <laughs> I need to actually is that get the, the battlefield open now. <laughs> is that the official sound of Denoa? Yep. All right. This is going to be fun. All of us at disadvantage all of the time. Well, it's only on your ability check. Oh, it's not on like attacks and things like that? Nope. We haven't battled in like three episodes. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while. All that amazing role playing we've been doing. <laughs> yeah, the last time we battled, it took an arrow in the butt. So, <laughs> so far, our role playing has revolved around special eggs and beef leather. We have a snack and problem. And talking to little children. And talking, <laughs> and and talking giving to giving little kids seeds. Uh, on that note, actually, um, <laughs> Woods and Vaso make uh, constitution checks. Ooh, you oh, you got bad leather. We ate the salmon. Disadvantage. Ooh. Oh, 
I don't. You can't get worse than a three. Uh, yeah. Yes, I you can. <laughs> yeah. There's a wana and a tua. The <laughs> Vasa got nineteen. Oh, I got a three. All right. Um, Woods, take a D four of damage because suddenly your stomach's not feeling so great, and you have to throw up. Uh, uh, oh, I need a I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and roll initiative so we can uh, get into an order tracker here. I and believe. Benson, yeah. you are rolling your, you are going to run Benson. So you're just running that yeah. uh, character, and I'll run the rest of the monsters. So when we roll initiative, it's a d20 plus your dexterity. I got a 13, I have a 3 dexterity, so I have a 16. Yeah, so I rolled a 12, and I have a plus 1 for my dexterity, so 13. And then Sam, do you mind running the initiative again? So 16... 13, what else we got? 12. 12. And Benson's got a 17. And my monster's got a 19. Oh, perfect. Isn't that just convenient? It is. Interesting. see your role. Yes. Just make up numbers. I can't show you. the power of the DM. (laughs) On the monster's turn, you guys... Just saw this man trying to run for his life and then kind of trip and fall as he tried to turn to run towards you guys. And this Komodo dragon type character just jumped on him and starts just front claws scratching at this guy. He's putting up his arms in defense, but he's definitely taking some pretty heavy damage. But the the dragon, the Komodo dragon here is pretty preoccupied in that attack. So that's its turn. Uh, Benson's next. Uh, Benson charges in, drawing his sword, and immediately goes for the dragon to try and get him off that dude. <laughs> All right, go ahead and uh, roll your attack. Okay, yeah, it's a 20. That definitely hits. Yep, so, so he swings at it with its sword and hopefully manages to at least throw it off of the guy it was attacking. He hits it. A- Pretty hard with the sword. Obviously, he's not going to cut through it on the first swing, but he does get a nice bite on it, but the momentum of that just launches this Komodo dragon-looking monster off of the civilian, and at least the civilian is safe for the time being. Uh, and he's going to actually he's gonna like run right after it. He's not giving it a second to, to catch its footing or anything, and it takes another swing at it. For, uh, that's a 16. And that hits as well. Okay, so one swing that knocks him off the guy and another heavy swing. Between the two, it was 26 damage. That brings us up to... Woods. Okay, uh, can I see the rift? At this point, you cannot. I'm running... I'm going to continue running... Don't hit the mic. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to continue running forward until I find the rift. So you run up past the civilian. As soon as you reach a civilian... You see around the corner and you spot a fairly large rift. This one's about three times the size of the rift, your practice rift, if that makes sense. It's mostly in the city street, but it's also encompassing the front corner of a local dye shop that's called the Peaceful Rainbow. And it seems that it's engulfed in flames. Okay. Also, the street is littered with about five to eight golden light shards already. People have died already. People have died already. Okay. Woods is going to... um do her bonus action as Rift Stitch. She's going to stand and she's going to grab her medallion around her neck and she's going to start praying to Lucha, the moon god. Okay, so go ahead and roll a d4. One. So same thing as before. And you did this, you start to feel that kind of burning energy coming from you. And you see a little, in this case, a little strand of your life force start going towards the rift. 
It's a bonus action, so I still have an action, right? You definitely still have an action. Can I cast it again or no? Yeah, so you could. Okay, great. I'm going to cast it again. And I got a four. Nice. This rift is looking a little bit smaller, but still substantial because it's a lot bigger rift than the previous one. And that brings us up to... Vaso. So Vaso is going to follow Woods. Okay. Because he knows that Woods knows how to close the rift. But Vaso, he... Hadn't quite figured out how to do it, so it, he's gonna basically follow Woods and make sure none of the Denoa attacks her. It's a good thing you did that because what You're Woods so did not notice was that there was another one of those Komodo dragon things that was coming up behind her because she kind of was so focused on the rift she wasn't looking around. Okay. So you definitely see another one of those Komodo dragon things kind of coming out of the woodworks. I was going to ask that, like, if there were any of them around. Okay, so, um, yeah, he's going to come up, and he's going to gonna attack that Komodo dragon. Um, so he is going to roll a d20, um, and I'm adding five because I add my strength modifier and my proficiency. So I rolled a 10, so that's 15 total. Uh, that hits, or it meets, so hits in our table. All right. Um, so I roll a 1d6. Plus three for damage, so two, so five total. Not quite as strong as Benson's hit, <laughs> but that makes sense. Yeah, he's Benson's good. a lot higher. He's still a novice. Yeah, you're level two. Yeah. <laughs> that brings us up to you don't do, or I guess you still have a bonus action if you wanted to do anything. Yeah. Um, is that the only dragon that's around that I see? Go ahead and roll with uh, disadvantage your perception check because of your exhaustion. Uh, I got a 15 and a 17. Um, and perception, you add why well, I add zero, so 15. With the 15, you are hearing some buzzing sounds, but you can't quite pinpoint where it's coming from. Like the crowd's screaming and yelling, so you're like, you have a feeling that something else is here, but you can't pinpoint where it's at. Okay. Uh, Nomis. All right. Nomis, trying to learn from his mistakes, is going to repeat to himself, close the rift, kill the Denoa, protect the citizens, kill the rift, or close the rift, kill the Denoa, protect the citizens. So with that mantra, trying to redeem himself, did he see Woods, I guess, try to close the rift? Like, did he see that? I would say, yeah, Woods had a little, because in D&D we're going in turns, but really you're kind of moving as a unit. Yeah. So you would have seen you just trailing a little bit behind Woods because she was a little bit more jumping to action. So you would have seen her drop to her knees and do her prayer and see that light kind of coming off of her. Okay. So I want to run up to Woods and see if I can see the rift. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, can, you can get the same distance as Woods is at. Okay. And then I want to take a deep breath in and recall the night that I actually did something with the light. <laughs> okay. And then just draw back on those memories and the circumstances and strum my lyre like my life depended on it, hoping I do something to actually close the rift this time. Okay. Yep. And same thing as Sam's. So you have now learned the rift stitch spell. Woohoo! We're but so proud of it. I feel like Zelda or Link opening up a treasure chest. Uh Link, he goes into like dungeons and stuff and finds like weapons and stuff, opens the chest and it's like Great moment for him. I'm happy for you. <laughs> okay, I'm like Mario finding the princess. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> Princess Peach. Um, exactly. same, th- same thing as with Sam, since this is the first time you've learned the spell, it did take your full action and bonus action to be able to do that. 
but going forward, it's going to just be a bonus action spell. Okay. So did it actually do something? Yeah, you can go ahead and roll a d4. <gasps> Such a big day for me. One. One. Makes right. sense. It's, uh, you're trying to still remember back to that day, but that really what happened is you felt that burning feeling, and then you kind oh, of got right. scared a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you take one damage, by the way. Okay. We get to the monster's turn. Benson, you see him kind of quickly dispatches that monster that you guys just ran past, and he turns to start trying to address, you know, come back to your guys' aid. But before he can do that, that little buzzing sound that Faso is kind of hearing definitely is no longer a buzzing sound, as on top of one of the buildings, a large, like, lion head comes out and just lets out this big as a three-headed monster drops down directly between the two groups. So it's Benson, this three-headed monster that's got a monster of a dragon, a lion, and a ram. That's cool. And then there's three of you with this little Komodo dragon on the other side. And it is going to use a breath attack at Benson. And this is like a shadow monster like the rest of them have been, right? Correct. It is a shadow monster just like the rest of them. It's just a lot larger. So you guys are fighting kind of like, think of like a medium-sized creature. This is a large monstrosity creature. So it's a lot bigger. But luckily for you, it's focused on Benson. (laughs) Benson, he does a breath wave at you, and you have to do a dex save. Yep. I uh, failed that one. I got an 11. So you take 31 fire damage. <laughs> oh. The, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, w- w- I'd be dead. Like I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> dead, dead. Not yeah. even death saves dead. Yeah. yeah Benson be is holding up his shield with the yin yang on it and takes that full blast and like, you can tell it it hurt him a little bit, but he as soon as it's done, he just lowers his shield and like brushes off his shoulder. As the Chimera sees that, it is a little bit nervous. <laughs> Cause it had just been fighting a bunch of civilians that, you know, one breath and they were all down. And this guy just took it and stared back at him. It's Benson's turn. All right, little fella, let's play. And Benson goes back for his sword and <laughs> charges in at the Chimera. Uh, he is trying to drive it out of the path of in between the party and the rift. Okay, so he's trying to push it off to one side? Yeah, so that he can clear a path for the rest of the recruits to the rift. Well, the rest of the recruits are at the rift, so it goes... Oh, I thought it was in between them. No, it's Benson, Chimera, Party, Rift. Okay, then he's trying to actually flank this thing and get behind it, so he's in between it and the party. Perfect. Try to protect this party. That makes sense. Yeah. That's our leader, guys. (laughs) Paying attention to you. Okay, my turn. (laughs) Uh, Well, (laughs) he took two swings at it. Um, (laughs) I zoned out. I'm sorry. (laughs) The the first one was a 12. That misses. And the second one was a 27. (laughs) That that hits. (laughs) All right, that does nine slashing damage. Yeah, I assume he just hits the uh, dragon head that just breathed at him. And then you're going to position yourself to be between the monster and your recruits. Now it's Wood's turn. Uh, So same thing. So she's going to just, like, in her mind, close the rift, close the rift, close the rift. So we're going to give it a roll and cast Rift Stitch. She got a two. You take two damage and the rift begins to close a little bit more. Let me... Uh, And then she's going to... Uh, do it again so she does her action and she's gonna do it as her bonus action and she got another two and same thing she's just like holding that half moon crescent that pendant that she keeps tucked 
under her vest and um just really like talking to lucha like okay like you did this before lucha like i know i can do it like like I'm, I'm here for you just like help me help me close this rift as you're touching it it starts to have that same like vibrating nice warmth feeling and you sense that you can feel your goddess oh you can't like make out any words but you're getting that like feeling if that makes sense okay uh, thank you uh okay it's hard to role play it is i get it you try interacting with little kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without coming off creepy before Vaso goes I realized I only ran one of my monsters so I'm going to interject the Komodo dragon that was right next to Woods that Vaso had hit is going to retaliate at Vaso so it's going to hit you for well maybe hit you it's going to roll a six that's a miss so it's not going to hit you <laughs> <laughs> But unfortunately for you guys, there's another creature that has entered the battlefield, and it is going to attack Woods. And what this creature is, is it's a flying creature. Think of like a mosquito. And it's going to come in and do a little dive bomb on Woods. Because <laughs> Sam's laughing because she always gets attacked by mosquitoes in real life. No, in real life, I am like, whatever pheromones that a person gives off that bugs are attracted to, it is me. Mm. Wherever we are, mosquitoes, moths, butterflies. I was attacked by a butterfly the other day. Oh, my goodness. It's not a pleasant. Scary. It's not pleasant to go to the park with me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they don't bug me, so I think it's real pleasant. But Um, Does a 22 hit you? It does. All right. This uh, mosquito is going to come down and bite you for four piercing damage as it kind of feel it kind of pulling some of the blood out of you. How how big is this mosquito? Um, The mosquito is probably about the size of a cat. Not a cat person, but a normal cat. Mm-hmm. It's big. And same thing, it's a Denoa, so it's like shadowy kind of monster thing. And that draws your attention to two other, those mosquitoes that are flying above you. They haven't engaged with you yet, but they're kind of like buzzing around. Woods has a big welt on her bicep. Already starting to form? Already starting to form. She's allergic. Oh, no. All right. Put some beef Woods. leather on it. Use that bow of yours. See if you can take out some of those flyers. And Woods, with that, you can actually make a weapon attack as a reaction to that. All right. Legend. And you make it with advantage. <gasps> but I have advantage, so I'm going to roll with advantage. <laughs> Ixnay on the advantage, A. <laughs> so 16 and 11, we're going to go with a 16. Um, my bow attack, I'm going to add my proficiency and my da, 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 dexterity, which is going to be 7. So 16 and 7 is what, 22? 23. 23. Uh, That definitely hits. Fantastic. So now we're going to roll a D8. Those are the trickiest to pick out. Okay. Um, I got 7, and we're going to add our dexterity, which is 3, so 10 damage. You skewer the one that just bit you, and it uh, falls dead. As it falls dead, it drops and kind of dissolves into a dark crystal which is standing out amongst the light crystals that have kind of littered this street already. Uh, now we're up to Vaso. All right. Uh, Vaso is going to take another swing at the Komodo dragon that was going to attack Woods, but stopped him. Um, so nine plus five is 14. Uh, that misses. Dang. So you hit him, but it's not quite enough damage. Like he's got some natural armor. Um, yeah. and you just weren't quite able to penetrate through the scales. Hit the scales. I'm hitting the scales, too. <laughs> Anything else that you want to do? 
Um, I mean, the only thing I can do is rage, but I don't think he's there yet. All right. Sounds I think good. He doesn't know how to do that yet. He's not ready for that. <laughs> but he does. Maybe he does. He hasn't figured out what his thing is yet. And that brings us to Nomis. Nomis is feeling relieved. The burn feeling actually kind of like relieves him a little bit because now he knows that he's doing the right thing. So now he's switching to the Loxodon death metal song and just playing his heart out. And he's going to yell, great balls of fire and try to close <laughs> that rift again. All right. So go ahead and roll your D4. One. One. He's still he's still learning. He's still learning. He's still learning. <laughs> and really the reason why is you actually got distracted. As you were playing your song, you noticed that on the street up by the Peaceful Rainbow, you saw something that was out of place. And that was a little maybe stuffed rabbit, like a stuffed animal rabbit. And that kind of drew your attention. But then what you noticed was there is a little dwarven girl that was kind of army crawling out and reaching out for this little stuffed animal. And you immediately recognize it as Bella. And she is right up kind of close to the rift, but more like off to the side by the um, dye shop. So the rift stitch was actually a bonus Bonus action. action. How far away is Bella from the rift? From the rift, she's probably about... Sorry, how far away am I from the rift? Oh, you from the rift, you are probably 20 feet from the rift, and she would be like 10 feet to the left of that. So, you know, hypotenuse, 30 feet-ish. Okay. I I should have picked an easy one to remember. (laughs) As my action, sorry, I don't have it written, but I have like a cat agility feature I can use once a day where it's like, I think it's twice my movement speed. Yep. And then you have to, it doesn't reset till you don't move or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I can look it up, but I want to use that and I can go 60 feet and I'm like headed straight towards Bella. Okay. Sounds good. To so protect you... her and get her away from this rift. All right. So your bonus action was at the beginning of your turn. You did the rift stitch. Yep. And then you're going to use your movement action to get to Bella, but you're using your cat agility. So you still have another full, I think, 30 feet that you can move. Okay. Can I pick Bella up and move her far away from this stitch as possible? I'll go ahead and roll a strength check or, uh, yeah, strength ability check with disadvantage because you are in exhaustion. Four. So you get to Bella and try to grab her, but she is like, my fluffy, my fluffy. And so she's like biting you as you pick her up and you end up dropping her like only after like a couple of feet. So that is going to be your turn unless you, you still have movement speed if you wanted to just keep running, I guess, but I don't think you're going to do that. Uh, can I go back and get the fluffy oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I could. got it. Let's follow me. Like, yeah. we so gotta we'll, go. So let's say with the rest of your movement speed, you're able to run up, reach down, grab fluffy, and then make it back to Bella. So the next turn, you can resolve that. Okay, perfect. When all of this happens, Benson is, this is happening behind him. So he turns around and he says, no, miss, where are you going? And while his attention is turned around on you, the chimera kind of starts to like reel up, but then Benson turns back to it and just kind of like stamps his foot down and stands his ground against this thing. And what he's actually doing is using one of his legendary actions. Um, so that chimera has to make a wisdom saving throw. A uh, seven. Yeah, that that's a fail. Um, <laughs> so like the, the chimera is frightened. Right, Until so- the end of my next turn. A frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is within line of sight. 
can't willingly move closer to the source of fear. All right, so I could still attack because I'm there, but I can't. It's at disadvantage. Yeah. All right, perfect, because it's scared of you. It is the Chimaira's turn, so it is going to make an attack at um, Benson. It's just going to try to bite at it with its, actually, so use its claw attacks. So it's going to claw at Benson twice with its two front paws, 11 and a 9. So Those both miss. Both misses, and then it kind of cowers a little bit and starts to go to fly away. And it is going to use its flight to kind of uh, start leaving that area. I think when when those start to hit him, they just kind of glance off his armor. And y- you guys can't be sure if this is real or if the fire is just playing tricks on you, but you swear Benson's actually glowing a little bit. Oh, I believe it. Huh. <laughs> great, great Benson of fire. Uh, <laughs> Benson, did you want to do an attack of opportunity as this uh, chimera flees? Yeah, so it's flying away from me. Yep, it's using its flight to uh, just run away from you because it is terrified. I am going to throw a dagger at it. That's a 25. Uh, that hits. Nine piercing damage. And I believe it is now Benson's actual turn. Okay. Uh, so that thing is flying away. So Benson is going to turn back toward the action. And set, set the scene for me again. So Woods is kind of tied up with a mosquito right now, right? Uh, well, the mosquito was shot, but Woods is kind of on her knees praying. Uh, mm. Nomis is about 30 feet away. And he, I don't know if Benson would see the little girl because it's a dwarf and Nomis is pretty colorful. <laughs> so I think yep. that gets his attention. Um, so Nomis is 30 feet away from the group next to the rift and Vaso is fighting one of those Komodo dragon things. Okay. Um, so given that nobody is actively trying to close the rift right this second, Benson himself is going to cast Rift Stitch. All right. You can, if you want, roll up to, I think it's eight D4s. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um... I'd die. Well, I'm going to do the maximum that roll 20 will let me do, which is five. <laughs> so um, he does five. That works. 13 total. So it closes a lot more. And now it is roughly the size of your guys' like practice rift that you had originally. And just for the record, what you guys see when he closes the rift is he just kind of almost goes into like a resting stance and has his sword just drawn straight in front of him and his shield out by his side, and he is just standing there, and it he looks like a statue the way he's standing, like he's standing guard, like he is personally guarding this entire plane of existence from this hole in the universe. And do we see this? Like, do we actively watch him do this? Yeah, and... This time you see that kind of glowing effect, and this time it's you're pretty sure it's not a trick of the light. Gotcha. Okay, it's Woods' turn. So she kind of sees Benson standing very proudly, and this is not the um, approach she's been taking to it. She's been taking this more like humble kind of approach. So she's actually going to get to her feet um, and she's going to try to cast a rich, uh, Rift Stitch again, um, but this time instead of like holding her medallion, she's going to put both her arms out kind of like um, if you're familiar with yoga, it's called a tree pose <laughs> um, where she's like planted solid on the ground and her arms kind of come just straight out in like this big Y above her um, and she's going to try to cast it that way. For those of you listening and not watching, my arms were in the air like that. (laughs) 
No, uh, stay. I'm gonna four. I'm gonna make a executive DM decision here and give you advantage on your D4 roll for that. Oh well, I just rolled a four, and I rolled two fours. A four, got it. I got a four. <laughs> and the rest of the rift stitches closed. So we have successfully closed the rift, but the building is still on fire that's behind it. Um, and the Denoa are still here. And the Denoa are still here. Yep. Um, Woods is going to drop to her knees and like kind of fall to the ground. Is she unconscious? No, she's conscious, but okay. she's <laughs> exhausted and not doing great. We are at uh, Vaso. Yeah, Vaso. Um, he is going to swing at that uh, Komodo dragon. Okay. As he- Keep trying to fight. <laughs> that I keep forgetting is there. Uh, he rolled a three. You're really tired. You're just having a lot of trouble holding your, uh, is it an axe? Right? Yeah. Uh, I think he has a sword right now. His sword. You're, just, you're, you're trying to chop it like a, uh, <laughs> trying to chop it like a lumberjack with your yep. sword and it's just not working. And I, since I keep forgetting my monsters, they'll go now. At well, least. It, in between, Benson's going to see you kind of struggling to swing and he's going to call out to you, Vaso, get your head in the game. Hit that thing. And Vaso, you can make another attack with advantage this time. So Vaso picks his sword up and he rolls two dice. <laughs> he rolls two dice with his sword. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he rolls a six and a two. Oh, yeah. Uh, so 11. Still misses. <laughs> Still misses. Um, Vaso's having a lot of trouble. Yeah, he's struggling. He's definitely struggling. I mean, it's on brand. Yeah. Um, with that struggling, the Komodo dragon is going to reach out and try to bite you again. It also is struggling, so you guys are just going back and forth. <laughs> we got a five, which I'm pretty right. sure did not hit you. But the two little flying monsters are going to kind of come down. One of them is going to attack Gnomus because it saw that like sprint across the field and it kind of drew its attention to you. So you are... Does a 17 hit you? It does. You take... Five piercing damage. As the same thing, you kind of feel the blood and kind of get sucked out of you. And then Vaso, um, actually, this one's going to attack Woods also, since it is licking like something that's not going to kill it. <laughs> so it might be like a free meal, if that makes sense. But does 11 hit you? It does not. So it tries to dive bomb to you, but that was like right when you like dropped to your knees. So it kind of flew over you. And that brings us up to Nomis. All right. Um, I want to make sure Bella is safely behind me. And I'm going to tell her, stay behind me, don't move. And then I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers at uh, the mosquito that just, that just attacked sucked you. my blood. Okay. Uh, so it needs to roll a Wisdom Saving Throw. Wisdom Saving Throw. It's not very wise. Two. It failed. <laughs> uh, it takes 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far away as its speed allows from you. Yeah. It's not There's that it. effect. I but, love that spell. Yeah. Um, so 3d6, 9, and 1. 10 damage. It just dies. <laughs> you whisper into it, and it's too much that this little cat-sized mosquito can take, and it uh, withers up and then collapses down into a dark crystal. Okay. And then as a bonus action, I'm going to continue playing my Loxodon death metal but aimed at Basso and give him a bardic inspiration. So you get a D6. Yay. I need oh, it. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you have I made him a card. He doesn't use it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he got those special things you in the beginning. The, well, you gave me the racers in the beginning, so here you go. Where's the uh, Chimera at? Um, so the Chimera 
flew away, but then now you can hear citizens kind of um, screaming. And mm. you could see like the tail of the chimera like wagging happily around the corner. Gotcha. It's not frightened anymore. Yep. And it has kind of forgot about you because it has seen very easy prey. Mm. I guess that's the chimera's turn because it's his turn anyways. So he, uh, you hear a lot of screaming from citizens and kind of like a trampling sound as a uh, chimera is loose in the bazaar. And then oh boy. my uh, Komodo dragon is going to try to bite at Vaso. A 22. I think I hit you this time. <laughs> yeah, you hit me. You take three piercing damage. And then the mosquito is going to continue its rant at... Um, Sorry, it, it's weird with all the uh, monsters going at once, but between the Komo- after the Komodo dragon attacks Vaso, uh, Benson is going to throw another dagger at it. Uh, he rolled a 19. Okay, at the Komodo dragon? Yep. All right, that hits. Seven piercing damage. And then the mosquito's going to try to bite you for 21 to hit. Well, that hits. I right, take three damage. Um, I am dead. So you're down? So um, yes, I'm more than dead. Does that matter? No. Okay. You just dropped it. So the way 5e works is you don't go in the negative numbers. When you hit zero, you're just at zero. Gotcha. Unless you go double your... Unless you... Unless you take double your maximum hit points as one hit, and then that is like you had like a mountain fall on you. There's no coming back from that. Gotcha. So I'm just down, unconscious. Oh, no. I think we're at Benson. Okay, Benson is going to look at his three recruits and say, you three, take care of the rest of these little ones. I'm going after big boy. And he starts running for the chimera. Is he able to close the distance? With Benson, I'd say you'd be able to close the distance, but probably not attack, but maybe get his attention. Okay. So I can multi-attack. Can I just, can I get close enough to throw another dagger at it and try and get its attention? Yep, that works. Okay. He comes up, throws a dagger. That's a 23. That hits. Another seven piercing damage. And it has your your attention now. (laughs) and, And he taunts it. He's like, hey, big boy, come focus on me. We weren't done playing yet. I'm actually going to do something with that. So as Benson does this taunt, you guys will see like a flash of energy come from Benson. And what he is doing is he is casting the spell Soul Taunt, which we'll get to in a minute. But it gives the caster an ability to attract Denoa around them by utilizing part of their soul. Well, there's that we have to look forward to. (laughs) So excited. I signed up for soul snatching, blood giving work. And that brings us up to Woods for a death save. So you guys saw Woods last time, kind of just like dropped to her knees. Um, And then this mosquito thing, I guess, right? Is that what hit her? Yep. Kind of swooped down again. And now she's completely lifeless. On the ground. And she's rolling a D20. She guys get 10 or better. Natty 20. Natty 20. All right. As you're laying on the ground, you kind of like your vision goes black. And then you have like this kind of like dream feel where you're in this dark, like wooded area. And then the goddess Lucia comes up to you and says, not yet, child. Not yet, child. And then you look at your body and you're kind of like a toddler. And then right when you, like, kind of put that together, like, why am I a toddler? You wake up with one hit point. Um, was it dark in this place? It was in your dream. It was like a dark forest. Like, you were in, like, the thick woods with no sunlight. Uh, how, did, how did um, Woods feel? I don't know. How did she feel? Um, 
surprisingly calm, which she's going to be confused about. All right. And that brings us up to Vaso. All right, Vaso. Vaso and the, dra- the Komodo dragon. Vaso is just going to take another swing. Uh, 16 plus 5, 21. That hits. Yay. Uh, so he rolls a 1d6. That's a three plus three is six total. All right. You're just chipping away at him. He looks about half down at this point. Yeah. Well, Basso, he's starting to get angry, so he's going to go into rage. Perfect. <laughs> okay. And just into a rage mode. And that brings us up to no miss. Uh, I'm going to look back at Bella. Bella and tell her to go hide. Like, I'm assuming there's like a tent or something that she can go hide behind. Yeah. Yeah, you're in a bazaar, so there would be definitely like a, a stand set up someplace. Yeah, I'm going to tell her to go there and stay there till I come get her. And then I'm going to take my rapier out and try to attack the mosquito. Go ahead and roll rapier attack using your movement to close the distance, I assume. Correct. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> nervous for you. Natty 20. Right. <laughs> yes. It was just Benson. You were too distracted by his brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm inspired. All right. Uh, you hit. Okay, so again, in our campaign, it's max damage, so it's 1d8 plus 2 because of my dexterity, so 10 plus another d8, Yep. another 8, so 18. 18 far surpasses the two hit points that it has, and it dies. (laughs) Same thing, a dark crystal lands on the ground. What was that thing? That was like a mosquito. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to use my movement to get in front of... Woods. Okay, so you use the rest of your movement to kind of step in front of woods. Correct. Um, monsters. Monsters. Kind uh, well, it, as you step in front of woods, uh, Benson turns back around, sees you doing that, and says, "That's right, Nomus. Protect your teammates, and you can make another weapon attack against whatever you can reach." I guess I'm hitting the kimono dragon. That's the last enemy that you see. Uh, eleven. You mm. have advantage on that. Stand by. <laughs> uh, 21. Yeah, that hits. 10. Man, that was a good hit. Rapier boy. What's his lick? It was distracted Thanks. with it was yeah. distracted with the Vasa, so you just really got a nice hit in the back of it. Um, monsters are going to go. We'll do the Komodo Dragon first, so I don't forget about it. It was very distracted, so it was going to go down to try to bite Vaso, and then it got stabbed in the back by Nomis, so it just, it got a six, so it totally just bites on your arm, but then, like, immediately pulls back and is like, ah, I got hit. Um, the Chimera, on the other hand, is going to try to use its ram horns to just kind of smash into Benson. Uh, 23 to hit. Oh, yeah, that does hit. All right, you take 14 bludgeoning damage. All right. Uh, so he takes it with the shield again and probably like slides back a couple feet on the dirt, but he, uh, same thing as before, he just kind of sets his shield down and he's, his game face is on. He's ready, ready to go at it again. And it's Benson's turn. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, he is getting right in there with his great sword. Uh, two, two hits, um, well, two attacks, 23 and 25. They both hit. Yeah, so that's total of 19 damage. That's right. That's what happens when you uh, get this far as I have in the order. <laughs> you inspire me, Benson. Benson's got, <laughs> Benson's got some great... No, no, Miss, you inspire me. You know, because of the whole bardic inspiration thing. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious, Benson. Uh, Woods. 
Um, okay, so Woods is still kind of recovering. Um, who's still out there? There's only one. There's one Komodo dragon that you three are fighting, and Benson is handling a large three-headed creature. Where's and the... And the peaceful rainbow is still on fire. Okay, where is the, um, the Komodo dragon? How far away am I from it? You're probably about 10 feet away from it. Okay, she's going to pull her bow out laying on the ground, and she's going to... I'm sure I can come up to her knees, and she's going to um, shoot an arrow at the kimono dragon. If you shoot me in the butt... There's no misses between you and the dragon. Um, or the kimono dragon. You know what? No. <laughs> she, like, she was like gonna do that she gets up like really quickly and then like draws her bow and then realizes that her friend is right there also she gets really lightheaded also um, my tail's probably like in your face so yeah <laughs> you know so she decides she's gonna uh put her bow back up and she's gonna cast cure wounds on herself how many is that um, so your creature you can touch regains a number of hit points equal to 1d8 plus your spell casting modifier. So I'm going to roll my d8 and I got a 2. All right, and your spell casting modifier? My spell casting modifier is a 4. So 6 back? 6 back. And that brings us to Vaso. The All rage right. machine. Yeah. Um, rage against the machine. <laughs> yeah, so... At, at this point, all I get for rage is plus two on melee damage. Oh, and on the so, damage? That's, I mean, that's... Yeah. But yeah, I'll take it. Um, so yeah, he's going to swing his sword again. And he rolls a 10 plus five, so it's 15. And he's going to use... Wait, that's going to hit, right? Yep, that hits. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. And then um, 1d6... He rolls a one, but he adds five, so six. Six. All right. It does a lot of damage. This uh, Kimono Dragon is not licking too hot. It's kind of dropped down to one knee, but it's got four legs, so it's still kind of fine. <laughs> but it's it's not quite happy. Uh, Benson's going to call out, uh, Vaso, finish it off. All right. Another, so uh, another attack with advantage here. Uh, 18 plus five. 23. That hits. Uh, two plus five is seven. seven. Right. <laughs> it was like and seven. And that is the last amount that it needs. And this dark crystal is a little bit bigger than the mosquito ones because it was a slightly bigger creature. But you guys are successfully completed all the monsters around you. So the scene right now is Benson still fighting the Chimera off to the side and the building behind you still on fire. Uh, no miss. Uh. How to put out that fire. How far away is Benson? Um, he's probably about 60 feet. Because last time we had talked about it, he needed to use both his movement to close that distance. I don't know how far away the people have to be away from me to use Bardic Inspiration. I want to say it's like 120 feet. Okay. Well, I first want to give Benson Bardic Inspiration. Because, you <laughs> know, we're inspiring each other right now. So, Benson, you have Bardic Inspiration. Thank you. No, thank you. I don't know how to put this burning fire out so i'm gonna pull out my lyre and try to probably gonna be stupid riff riff stitch it see if the light will put out the fire all right i like it go ahead and roll your uh d4 two getting better so you're trying to you take two damage you're trying to put this fire up but it, it doesn't do anything okay but you did feel the light leave your body and that brings us to the monster, the monster? all right i'm gonna try to kill benson just kidding. <laughs> I don't think I can with this character. 
It is going to bite at you with its uh, lion mouth. 11. No hit. All right. And that's all it's going to do. All right. Uh, so Benson just kind of knocks off that lion mouth hit with his shield. And before it's even his turn, he's going to sneak one of these legendary actions in to hit it once with his sword. So that's a 23. That hits. That does 10 damage. Uh, and then on his turn, he's going to multi-attack two more times. <laughs> uh, 27 and a 20. Both hit. First one does 15 slashing. Second one does 12 slashing damage. 27 total. Yep. Benson's taking this thing apart. That was a good good hit. It is not looking too hot. We'll say you've even killed the ram head. So it's just kind of <laughs> limply hanging across the body. Um, Which, that bring- it, that, is that like the leftmost one, the rightmost one? The leftmost one. Okay. Not the center. That's the lion. Um, Woods is going to see this struggle happening and in her head, close the rift, kill the Nanoa, save the citizens. So she's going to shoot an arrow at this gigantic three-headed monster. She rolled a nine plus seven, 15, uh, 16. That hits. Yeah. 1d8, five, and three is eight damage. Wow, nice shot. Great, and she's just gonna um, repeat. Guys, close the rift, kill the Genoa, save the citizens. We gotta close. We gotta kill the Genoa. And Vaso, uh, Benson's gonna sneak another legendary attack in there. <laughs> You're good. Uh, that's a twelve though. That misses. Oh, that's but, the first time Benson's missed. I think. Hey, you got some uh, bardic inspiration. It does have some bardic oh, I do, inspiration? Yeah. Okay, so I, I add a d six. Correct. Uh, add four, so sixteen. That does hit now. <laughs> All right, ten damage. <laughs> it did its job. The bard. Hooray! Uh, when, that, when that attack, <laughs> hooray! So Benson kind of like swings, and it looks like the chimera is about to dodge, and he like sort of awkwardly but effectively tips his sword so that it actually connects. And when that happens, he looks back at you, Nomis, and just gives you a big thumbs up. That's my buddy. <laughs> All right, Vasa, what are you doing? I I hear uh, Wood say, you know, close the rift, kill the the Dinoa, save the people. So I start running towards the uh, the three headed three headed guy. Um, how far away am I? Um, you're about sixty feet. Okay, so I have thirty feet of speed, so I'm gonna get about halfway there. I will allow you to throw your sword if you want to. Since um, you are you are in a rage, so okay. I mean, I think that was something that you know a barbarian yeah. would do. Yeah, I'll the do that. The intent that the chimera is probably almost dead. Yep. Maybe. Yep. I want to see if he kills it. I'll, I'll throw I killed it. Does Vaso have an axe? Yeah. I, I do, but I'm not using it today. Oh, okay. He's, I'm not using he's that trying, today. He's trying, he's trying to be like Wallace. I'm he's trying to diversify. Seeing people I throw see. swords yeah. around. He's like, oh, yeah, I got I, this. I used a sword because of the training with Wallace. So yeah. that's why. Okay. Yep. And yep. Wallace was throwing his sword. So, All right. Well, I'm going to throw mine. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 10 plus 5, 15. Yeah, it hits. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look as pretty as Wallace's, like, dance throw but it it did its job all right and then i get five plus five which is ten so you throw the sword benson was doing that like swing thing and then got the inspiration kind of like did this little duck thing to like stab it and then this sword just goes flying right over his head (laughs) (laughs) into this uh 
chimera and it uh, falls dead. Uh, Benson, it, having just had this sword like fly right overhead and basically like uh, buzz him as it goes by, he was ducked down, but he stands up and he turns around. Outstanding. <laughs> And I was going to give him a thumbs back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Benson kind of goes on, not defensive, but offensive, but he's like really starting to scan the crowd and everything like that. And then he'll give you orders to inform the fire brigade that the Danoa have been cleared out. So one of you, whoever's the healthiest, will be able to run off. I'll do that. Okay. So Vasa runs off and gets the fire brigade, and they come to put out the fire. So the bard's tale has come to a close. Ah, what a splendid crowd you have been. We hope we hope we'll see you again at Carriage Rest Inn. Hey guys, so I hope that you enjoyed our episode today. If you noticed, we had an NPC named Bella. So that was actually named after uh, my cousin, who is pretty close to uh, Michael and I. Um, If you want an NPC named after you, one of the cool things that you can do is you can become a member on our website. So we have our own form of Patreon. So check out our website at carriageresttales.com. A part of this membership, you get bonus content and a couple extra things. You also have the opportunity to have an NPC named after you or a name of your choosing. Um, We're going to be going through and kind of picking things at random, but this is just a way for us to engage with you. Um, So if it's something you're interested in, uh, check out our website. Thanks. Uh, Hey, guys, thanks so much for sticking around. This is the part of the podcast where you guys get to get to know us a little bit more. So what is your favorite book? Favorite book? I'm looking up the author right now. Anybody want to go first? I'll go first. Uh, Harry Potter. Nice. Which one or all of them? All of them, duh. Yeah, but like what's your favorite? Favorite? um, You're probably going to upset a lot of people with whatever your answer is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to answer that. I I, I like them all. Who's your favorite Harry Potter character? Um, Definitely Ron Weasley. Ooh, I get it. I get your supporting character, but gets the girl vibe. Yeah. Bloody hell. Uh, (laughs) Ladies, he's also single. Just saying. Bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who's not, uh, who's next? Um, I like a lot of R.A. Salvatore's books, uh, fantasy adventure author. He has the, it's the Driss Duarden series. I always liked them. And uh, I'd say growing up, I really liked the Hatchet by oh, Gary man. Paulson. Hatchet was awesome. Was a cool yeah, book. That was a good one. I yeah. remember sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I read that. Long time ago. I'll make you read it someday. Maybe it was just for the boys. <laughs> you'll, you'll finish, uh, literally, you'll, like, literally you'll the memory it. association is just Hatchet, sixth grade English. Yep. yep. <laughs> if you read it now, you'd read it probably yeah, John, like an it was, hour. It was a good book. It's <laughs> it just was really good. The, John and I went to the same high school, so I don't know why. We didn't go to the same middle school, though. Six, oh, six, six grade grade yeah, 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 that's true. It is. You are correct. Bloody hell. I mean, same school district. <laughs> yes. Uh, my favorite book right now is the uh, a series called The Chronicle of the Uphewn Throne. It is by Brian Staveley. I really like it. It's really good. My, our actual first campaign was based off of that really? series. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, John. Oh, I... <sighs> 
I think I have to go with a series that I'm actually in the middle of rereading now. I've been reading it on my commute into work. Uh, it's the Pendragon series, which was a young adult series that was coming out like as I was growing up. And it it's just a really good series. Like I'm rereading it now as an adult and it actually holds up pretty well. I don't think it got like huge. It was like, you know, it, it sold well enough that it was like, you know, the New York Times thing and everything. Yeah. But it definitely, I think, influenced my like future media consumption in it. It, it got into like multiverse stuff when I was a kid. So I was like exposed to that kind of thing very early. That's it's awesome. also like pretty it's got some pretty heavy themes in it for a young adult series. Like it it it's just a really good series. I dig it. And we'll post- I think the the third one is my favorite where they go to it they jump all over the place. There's all these different worlds that are like different levels of technology advanced, but one of the worlds they have to go to is Earth in 1937. Ooh. Good year. What what a time. Yeah. Deep in the deep de- depression. That's the deep depression for those of you who don't know history, not the great depression, but the deep depression. <laughs> uh, John, that's awesome. I love it. And I think let's add, we'll add these to the Sure. I can try to put a, I yeah. can put a, web, a page on the website for something. Or just like in the episode notes on the link. That's a good idea. Yeah, probably. Um, for me, it is Beneath a Scarlet Sky by Mark Sullivan. Um, so this is a World War II book. It is the first book that I started reading as an adult that got me into reading and I read a lot. I mean, I read two books this weekend, so I'm kind of obsessed. I love World War II books, just the emotion, the history, just the pure rawness of it. But this is has everything. It has uh, all the emotions, anger, tears, a uh, little bit of love. It, it's basically a love story, um, but it's probably one of my favorites. All right, guys. Well, that's that's us getting to know us. If you have any questions or if there's something specifically you want to know, um, shoot us, uh, hit us up on uh, social media. Let us know.